No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Kalo, makers of the silicone wedding ring. The Kalo silicone ring is a functional wedding ring for the active lifestyle. Kalo's rings are durable, comfortable, and always safe on your finger. And as you've heard over the past few weeks, Matt and I and our wives have really enjoyed using our Kalo rings as we run and work out, and we've enjoyed having Kalo as a sponsor of the podcast. So if you want to support No Meat Athlete Radio, you can do that by supporting Kalo. Check them out at Kalo.com. Doug, I think you're the ultra guy. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll own that. <laughs> you will. So you're the guy who's lean and tan to the nth degree, quiet and hard as nails. Hard as nails, that's me. Is that who you are? I would add, I would add beard in there, bearded. <laughs> I would add never shows up to an actual marathon or like any race besides an ultra. Yeah. So you would never see this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Or but but he stands out when he shows up to like a five k or something. Yeah. It, oh, you know, it's that's the ultra. Because he has the hundred mile t shirt on. The Hoka's on and the hundred <laughs> mile t shirt <laughs> and the beard. All right, so today we're talking, this is kind of just a fun episode. Um, we're talking about the 14 types of runners. These are from Mark Ramey's book, who is a Runner's World columnist. The Runner's Rule Book is the name of it. It was written in 2009, but I only recently got my hands on a copy. And uh, we had a post like this on No Meat Athlete a while ago, a long time ago, 2010 probably. 11. 2011, okay. When Susan, who now does most of our social media, uh, when she was writing more for the site, and she wrote a post. She she is a humor columnist um, for competitor. I don't know what they're now called. If they're still called competitor, are they? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Competitor. <laughs> I feel magazine. like they keep changing ownership or something. Mm. But anyway, she uh, she's funny. She writes funny stuff. And this one was about four types of runners and and particularly irritating types. But I think she was going at it from a. I mean, I know she was going at it from a from a. I don't know, lighthearted, joking approach, making fun of ourselves as runners approach. Uh, I think I came up with the headline that it should be called Are You One of These Four Insanely Irritating Runners or something like that. And for whatever reason, maybe it was the combination of the headline with the content, people like hated it. They thought they just said it was the meanest thing that we ever wrote to anybody and couldn't believe we were making fun of these people. I actually, because we weren't working together at the time, we didn't mm-hmm. know each other. I quit I quit reading No Meat Athlete for months after that. <laughs> yeah. After you commented on the post and said you were one of these runners? Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I um, didn't really. But people did get if you read through the comments, they're pretty funny. People are pretty or, you know, funny. Yeah. Because they shouldn't be so upset right. about it. Wasn't, it wasn't I don't know. So anyway, um we're not gonna say the URL because I'm just not encouraging people to go read it. Uh you're certainly welcome to. There's nothing scandalous there. But I know Susan doesn't like it. It's not one of her favorite ones. Uh and I can understand that. People people just kind of took it the wrong way. But we left it up and uh Mark did a better job of it with his fourteen types of runners here without you know, without insulting them, I guess. Um, so he, he listed 14 and I'm, we'll read through them real quick and we'll decide which ones we are. And then we'll, we'll talk about the ones in Susan's book too, or let's, let's just do the ones from Susan's first. So what, do you know what we had there? I know we had the eye runner was one of them. Yeah. Um, the and eye that's, runner. that's the, the guy or girl who's wired up head to toe, right. With every kind of gadget. And I mean, there's way more that you can be now as an eye runner from when this was written in 2011. Oh yeah. You can get, I just got a shoe pod the other day from somebody and there's, I mean, every, you know, every every smart smartphones at that point weren't even huge yet. I mean, there weren't all these different Not apps okay. and all these crazy things. Yeah. yeah, and there's so much you can do now yes. to be the true eye runner. I mean, you and we have friends who do this who snap selfies in mid race all the time and 
friends. What about you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you snap trail selfies all the time? Uh, well, yeah, during a run, not what's a you, What's your Instagram account so people can look it up? <laughs> Instagram at Rocket Corner. Sure. Okay. I take a picture almost every run. Yeah, absolutely. But not during a race. Okay. But yeah. yours are also yours aren't the classic selfie where, you, where no, your arm is out. Yours, very are, yours are set up artistic shots where you put the GoPro set up nice and then you go pose for it, right? <laughs> That's true. But if you look <laughs> oh, man, now you're embarrassing me, man. <laughs> I wasn't going to go here. I didn't know you brought up selfies. Most of them most of them don't have me in it. It's just me snapping a picture with my cell phone at another okay, look. Okay. <laughs> but some have you looking off in the distance. Some I have carefully crafted. <laughs> Exactly, or where... like tiptoeing across a log. Yep, yep. <laughs> that, yep. That's what you get. Follow Rocket Runner on Instagram. It's worth it. Oh yeah. Um. That's okay. How you, get, how you get the likes? But we yeah. do have friends who are who are. Yeah, they should have the selfie runner here because that's that's what uh, Danny and Presley are. Our runners yep. world friends, and not in any mean way. It was just when we ran with them, we took a hundred selfies during, <laughs> during the race. Uh, so that was fun. Uh-huh. And, and uh, my, my favorite now is the like the GoPro guy during a race who wants everyone to like scream every time he. Like points the camera at you and you're and you're like suffering up the hill and he's like, cheer, come on, and I'm like, screw you. Yeah, I that guy. I know that guy from other races before they had selfies. The guy who just would yell at the crowd for cheering. Remember him? Oh yeah, yeah. The um, and there's also the selfie stick guy. That's a that's a new guy. Oh yeah, very recent guy. All right, but there's more though. So there's there's, <laughs> there's the show off, and that's uh, I think Susan here mentioned someone wearing the the ultra marathon shirt to the 5K. Uh, so that's just somebody, you know, is that all it is? Is that the only criteria to be a show-off, wearing a t-shirt that's way longer than the distance? Yeah, I, I think so. And, and or wearing she, your Boston jacket. That's that's how I, that's my show-off move. Yeah, you you wear your Boston jacket all the time. I do. I still have my only jacket. Anytime you go to anything running related. Definitely. Have to. Yeah. Well, you earned it, you know. What? You earned it. I did. Got to show it off. Yeah. I bought it, too. I thought they were going to be free when you get there, the Boston jackets. Because <laughs> everyone had it. I thought that's what they give you when you run Boston and pay $250 to register for the race. You at least get this cool jacket. Nope, you go there, $90. and <laughs> have to pay that. And everyone does. And everyone does because it's, you know. So you have to have it, yeah. yeah. We should make a no athlete jacket. That, I don't know. Actually, we have shirts, so we don't need that. <laughs> that the... you have to buy, you know. <laughs> if you want to be a no athlete. Yeah. We should, yeah. How about Nomad Athlete Radio that's exclusive just for Ooh, radio listeners? That'd be nice. One of those shiny jackets from like the 80s. That would be really cool. <laughs> and, but it has like a a pocket for your iPhone to, so you can listen while you're wearing the jacket. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> All right. What's, what else do we have from Susan? So we have the iRunner. We have the show off. We have the, the – she calls it the stopwatch. All right. What's the stopwatch? I get, the stopwatch is someone who's just super concerned with PRs and times and judges everyone else based on their PRs and – how fast they can run. She tells a little story about getting made fun of because of her half marathon time. Right. Which, definitely. I mean, that that dude is a tool. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, that, right, I agree. The stopwatch guy is not, not a good guy at all. It's it's all right to be concerned with your own PR. With your own, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. But then to... Yeah, I don't know. Us. I don't really know one like that, really. No. I don't think. Do you? You know people who care about your times? Well, I mean, I judge your times all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's good. No, I know you're right. I, you know, not not too many people are like that. All right, so we got the stopwatch, and Susan's last one the is bandit. the bandit, and this is just the person who's banditing a run, right? Which means what? Which means you don't pay for the race and you still run it. Yep. Which happens, I guess, increasingly maybe because it seems like there are a lot of races these days that are just hard to get into. So people, you know, people bandit Boston all the time. Yeah, and then they say they ran Boston, which I think it, I don't know that that was, that's weird to me. I would never want to do that. 
Well, yeah, I think it's a, it's a safety issue, right? Like if you were to get because hurt, because oh, no one, you're, yeah, yeah, and and then it's also, I don't know. I mean, the other people have paid to be there, so it kind of, yeah, no, right. That's that's the problem. But it's okay to do it in one of those big races, right? That <laughs> like those, those four, four corporate races. Yeah, there's four profit races, and yeah, get them, get, get them, capitalists, or the local 5K, the charity event. You know, just. <laughs> They don't need yeah, that. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> we can be that. All right. So those are Susan's. Um, Marks are maybe slightly more professional. I don't know. I mean, Susan, Susan's a professional now. I mean, every, you know, every, uh, whatever the phrase is here I'm looking for, every sense of the word, she's a professional now. Back then, she had just, I don't know, not all that long ago, started writing for No Meet Athlete, and before that, she hadn't written anywhere, Professor. She was a teacher at, at uh, I don't know, some Arizona college. And I said, hey, why don't you write a guest post for No Meat Athlete? Because she emailed me after she bought a shirt, I think. And uh, and then it just led to more and more. So she's become a professional. But I think back then she was fairly new at it. All right, so here are Mark Ramey's from the Runner's Rulebook, his 14 types of runners. First is the Speed Freak, who is much different from the Stopwatch, right? Because the Speed Freak, he, Mark also gives distinguishing characteristics and then a whether or not they are dangerous uh, the Speed Freak has buzzed hair, super short shorts, racing flats, and a twitch in one eye. Doesn't say anything about him being a jerk and like caring about other people's times at all. But uh, I, I know who this guy is. This guy, I think you can find him like at the beginning of the race. He's the guy doing the weird stretches when everyone else is just like chilling out, eating bagels and stuff. This yeah. guy is, or like the, you know, those knee, high high knee step type thing. Just hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really hate that guy, but I think I think cause I wish I was that guy. And I'm always, you know, when I was when I was fast, I was twenty to thirty minutes slower than this guy. And I was like, man, you know, some people, and and you're always like, he didn't even probably train very hard. He just was born that way, and yeah. he's lucky. So I, that's why I have this innate hatred for those people. But, but what, what I about, really don't. What about those guys who act like that, but then aren't actually that fast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong with that. Maybe they're, then you're being the stopwatch if you're going to judge them on how that's fast true. they are. Right? Yeah. If they're just trying to get their own best time. You know what? That's right. Then go for it. All right, so that's the Speed Freak. Uh, the Weekend Warrior, and I won't read all of the characteristics of all these, but uh, just to give you the idea. The Weekend Warrior here has, has tube socks and midsection paunch. Uh, <laughs> which I guess I can I can picture that guy, you know, sort of a 40, 40-something guy who's kind of new into running, or maybe even not that new, just sort of has never never gotten more serious than the than the local 5Ks that he does. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that guy. Uh, there's nothing wrong with almost any of these guys. They're all They're all very nice. They're just part of running, and I think it's. I think what Mark has done well here is he's gotten almost everybody. Um, next is the penguin. The penguin, of course, uh, is there is a guy, the penguin, John Bingham, who does the. Do you know that guy? No. He, if you go to Barnes and Noble and look in the running section, there are always a couple books. Uh, I don't know the names of them, but he's it's he's just all about really slow running, and his thing is not like run slow so you get faster. It's just like you can run slow and it's cool to go run and just be slow and, and get your, I think he says with the, there's a guy in the spirit of the marathon who follows John Bingham and he has some quote about getting his money's worth in the marathon. Cause he wants to spend as long as he possibly can out there. <laughs> so that's kind of the mindset is like, just go and enjoy it. And who cares at all about your speed? Uh-huh. Uh, so that's the penguin. Then there's the charity runner. Uh, I like, this is an accurate one. Selflessness, tears and matching outfits, matching <laughs> outfits. You definitely, I think the team in training and the purple outfits. Oh yeah. And, uh, Lots of lots of motivational and positive statements coming out of their mouth the whole time. Mm, I picture lots of uh, costumes too for the mm-hmm. charity runners. Yep, yeah. and, and lots of uh, markers on their written on their arms and all yep. kinds of different mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And and which is great because they're raising money for a good cause and uh, 
that's wonderful. You ever you you were a charity runner once, right? Was I for Marine Corps? Didn't you do? I did do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we didn't have any matching uniforms or anything, but I ran it with my brother-in-law, who was a former Marine. Ah. Or I guess is a Marine. I think I don't think if you're a Marine, I don't think you're a former Marine. I think once a Marine, always a Marine is the is the Rah. mindset. Right. <laughs> I think yeah, one of those things. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. I did, and we raised some money for that for injured Marines actually. So, next is you, Doug, the ultra guy. <laughs> Lean and tan to the nth degree, quiet and hard as nails. Um, yeah, like I said, the ultra guy doesn't show up, I don't think, to... I'm picturing a marathon start line or a marathon. I see all these people. Yeah. That's where you see them all come out. But the ultra guy is not always there. I guess he does. I guess he does us all the honor of, of coming and running at our level sometimes. <laughs> I would add to that description. Um, complains that the distance is too short and then really struggles the entire way <laughs> is that you he says that he, he says that he would be doing much better if it was just six miles longer <laughs> that's funny <laughs> all right um i don't think i've ever been the ultra guy I, I really don't i try not to but i have worn ultra t-shirts to other races before mm. you gotta do it uh baggy shorts kid which i almost was this when i went out to my first marathon <laughs> in uh in san diego my friends and i were in college none of us were runners we didn't know the first thing about running we were just like found a program on the internet and started training and did it to our credit. I think it was great that we made it out there, but we all went out there and thought we were just going to run in our gym shorts in the marathon and went to the expo and thankfully like realized you actually should buy the right socks and the right shorts and all this stuff. But uh, yeah, I guess, I guess especially in five K's you get the kid who's wearing the basketball Jersey and the the long shorts. Nowadays Um, they make running shorts that are, Almost as long as basketball shorts. I've seen that. I don't. I don't know who buys those. I mean, I assume that people do, and maybe our listeners yeah. know. But New Balance did that for a while. One time, I remember that, and sent sent a pair around, and my friends made fun of them when I wore them. Like running friends made fun of my baggy running shorts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one is one I personally have not really seen in or heard. The moaner, random intermittent loud moaning. No. <laughs> is that is that happen? In you know, I, I hear the uh, yeah the people who are like huffing and puffing, like just really loud during the run. Mm-hmm. You know, just okay. You you wonder if they're gonna make it. It's like six yes. miles into a marathon, and you're that like, should be one, not the motor, but the person who's ready to die. Yeah. Like the person who you're just like that person is literally going to die in five minutes from now. <laughs> I've seen that person several times. Not always in, all, in long runs either, but just like half marathons yeah where you think there's no way they finish and i think that person generally uh that's just what they do they they look like that and they just keep knocking out miles and and they finish just fine all right next we've got the old timer old you gotta love the old timer faded cotton t-shirt from the 1981 peach tree 10k (laughs) conspicuous lack of gadgets among other things uh yeah, love the old time. Everyone loves the old timer runner, right? Sure. I mean, there's nothing. It's like it's one of the best things to do if you're old. Just be be one of those old time running guys who used to be really. A lot of the old timers used to be really fast. Yeah, and they're still out there running. And, and yes, they have a a Boston jacket from. Yeah. You know, when they had to 30 run years ago, and they had to run a two fifty marathon to get into Boston back yeah. then, and like everyone in the field broke three hours. Right. And now it's just like a bunch of slow pokes running Boston. They say. Um. Yeah, I like old timers are good. I like the old timer when it comes to running. Uh, next is the triathlete. I've seen tons of the triathlete at marathons and everywhere else. Okay. Iron Man tattoo, skin tight unitard, <laughs> possibly emblazoned with sponsors' names. Uh, comparatively large upper body and vague smell of chlorine. <laughs> Definitely, right? I mean, I don't like the guy. I don't like the triathlete guy. No, 
I think I think triathlete, and I know triathlete attracts a different personality than ultra running, right? Yeah. Ultra running attracts like the tree hugging type, the kind of skinny, long beard guy with no shirt who just goes out have a good time, uh, camps at the race, and and triathlon seems to be more the uh, spend a lot of money, get really nice equipment very very competitive looking for every little edge you can possibly get mm-hmm. and what else just type a personality type competitive person right and i'm not like i'm sure we've got people listening to this who are triathlete types and that's fine i'm not not saying that that's a bad thing it's just a very very different type and i when i when i'm used to the ultra running mindset and then i go to to a race and i see the triathlete i'm like ah don't i don't like that what are you doing here yeah get, yeah, get like, off my like, yard or yeah <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah, but you do see them sometimes, and, and it's always you do. funny. Yeah, they're nice to them. They intimidate me. They're I mean they're they're you know they're big competitive people. Right. So I don't I don't tell them that I don't like them. All right. Next one is the kicker, and the kicker has no distinguishing characteristics whatsoever, except until he or she at the very end of the race, last hundred meters, sprints and beats you, basically. Yeah. Do you know that person? Yeah, I've seen that person from time to time. I actually wrote a post on Rocket Gunner about being a jackass in the ultra world. Not to be a jackass, how to not be a jackass. And uh, and one of the things I said was to um, to not be that guy, not be the kicker at the end of an ultra marathon if you've been running for 7, 8, 24 hours to right. not sprint to the finish and pass other people. And people got really mad about that. People, <laughs> you know, the And I got several comments about how it was you know, this is a race, you know, you should always run. It's not about hurting other people's feelings. Right. I Yeah, I mean, I, maybe in a small ultra marathon. So if there's only 100 people in the whole field. Yeah. And you want to f- improve your finish position by a spot. Right. I mean, of course, if you're yeah, in the I, top I, 10, I you know, if you're like fighting yeah, yeah. for... To get I don't know. Top. I could see it. It just, it also seems like a, not the most sportsmanlike thing to do. Like, yeah. like yes, you can get ahead that way, but, but a more sportsmanlike way to win the race would be to get ahead earlier then again it is a race it's all between the start and finish line it all counts i don't know i but you know what i don't like is in a marathon where it's thirty thousand people in the race and no one cares if you are one spot i mean it's right. if you're not competing to win the race it really is about competing against yourself yeah it's not can i beat this one guy or be one spot higher so i i would i would like it less in a marathon situation than in a small race where you know where maybe it is 100 people and you want to be one higher there sure i don't know I get but but yeah, I don't know. I, I would say, personally, my own my own impression of these all this stuff is is that it's against yourself if you're not trying to win the race. Uh-huh. So like, yeah, sprint for if if that matters to you to get the very best time you possibly can every second counts, then yes, yeah, sprint. But don't I don't I don't think doing it to beat somebody is is good. You know, you know, but this, I get it. The this what's it called the kicker runner's rule book. Oh, the kicker. The kicker yeah. reminds me of another guy who's not on any of these lists and i'm gonna call him the thumper and <laughs> this this is the guy who lands really hard on his feet and you can just like hear him he, everyone else that is running quietly him. and yep. and this guy is like thumping behind you right and i was running a 10k a couple of years ago and was pacing about the same as this thumper guy and wanted to beat him so bad and he he out kicked me at the end yeah he out thumped me and oh man that that really got me going. <laughs> you know, I, so hearing that makes me, I don't know. I've definitely been in race situations, like Ragnar or a Blue Ridge Relay, where I really wanted to beat, <laughs> beat someone on my leg. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I okay, I, I changed my mind. It's okay to be the kicker. I don't yeah. have a problem with that anymore. You know, we should also mention that 
<clears throat> we we are saying guy here, but we don't really mean just guys. No, right? of course. The politically correct thing to say would be this guy or girl, but we're not. Because the funny thing, it, there's a movie, right, about being that guy. Isn't that like a classic thing? Yeah. I think it was started in some movie. Was it – wasn't it called PC? I don't know. <laughs> I PC know, yeah. Universe? I don't know. Who knows? PCU something? Um I, that's that's the first instance where I heard of that guy. It was about wearing the band's T-shirt to the band oh, to the yeah. concert. Don't be that guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was around before that, but that's when I first heard it. <laughs> um, so that that's we're using that guy in that sense. Of course, a girl could be any one of these, or a woman could be any one of these, but we're saying guy. All right, the matching guy. Every piece of apparel and gear he's wearing are made by the same manufacturer. <laughs> Every piece. Um, this this to me is sort of the triathlete guy, and I feel like that person has a lot of the, the yeah. matching stuff. Um, I mean, you know, there there are people who are much more concerned about their running clothes style than than mm-hmm. other than than your average runner. I would say you makes know, sense. You, you get a shirt that matches your shoes. Yep, I've brand. been that guy before, definitely. Not anymore, really. Well, you got to look good for your finish line photo, you know. Yeah. Before I had a blog, I was that guy. Now I literally wear things that get sent to me, and don't they never match. And, and I just do it because I don't like spending a lot of money on stuff. But uh-huh. uh, I used to care about this. Like when I was training to qualify for Boston, I, I definitely bought my race outfit like months in advance and was had it planned. There you go. It was kind of a motivator. You know, I'm yeah. getting in shape and wear this great thing. Like a, like someone would say, I'm going to wear this bathing suit to the to the beach this summer. Sure. Because I'm going to wear this thing to the, to the marathon when I BQ. There you go. Didn't happen, though. Did not BQ the time I did that. <laughs> all right next is the guy you saw at the expo hey you totally saw that guy at the expo yesterday <laughs> <laughs> i know that guy <laughs> <laughs> uh no it's good i think that it's, that's accurate you always do see that <laughs> all right then there's the wacky guy costumed or otherwise mark doesn't mention here but he the juggler i, I always see the juggling person yeah um it's kind of like you know what in college there was always the unicycle guy, not running. You oh, have like, that at your oh, college right. campus. I, yeah, okay, always yeah. the guy who drove, rides around on his uh-huh. unicycle. Yeah, yeah, I did have that guy. And you just want to punch him off it, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> there's a lot of aggression that's coming out. Of I this. guess, I guess there is. Yeah, people maybe are seeing a different side of me. <laughs> um, no, I was always like unicycle guy. Like you're just like you're only doing that so that people are attracted. Right. Your attention is attracted to you. Do you think the uh, the nomad athlete shirt wearer is, is the wacky guy for a lot of people? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably. So I was going to say that that should be a guy, not not the nomad athlete shirt wearers. Although this person could be seen wearing a nomad athlete shirt, the uh, like the barefoot slash totally natural running guy, mm-hmm. like the guy who's eating dates. Yeah. Which I don't know if that was quite a big thing when he wrote this, but uh, yeah, the person who's wearing the five finger shoes, eating dates. Mm-hmm. Eating some other weird stuff, you know, drinking green smoothies, which people do. We talked about during runs, mm-hmm. and, and they, they say it's good. A chia, a chia formula. Yeah, and just and just totally like rebelling against the whole corporate thing. I'm not not going to do the Gatorade, not going to do any of that sports drink, that junky stuff. I'm just going to eat natural foods, and you know, they eat nuts and all that. Definitely, I've been that guy too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, so there's the wacky guy. Wacky guy usually is a juggler. When I've seen him, uh, I've definitely seen. Wonder Women costumes before a lot of sure. costumes everywhere. Yeah, definitely the costume. The costume runner is definitely yeah a popular. Thing. That, that that never really appealed to me at all. How about the you know I've seen people run in uh, fat suits. <laughs> really, you know, like I've the, never seen that. Like the sumo suits, right? You know they, they don't weigh anything. It's like air right. They weigh a lot though. Do they? 
it, this can't be the same as like the Zuma suits I've seen. Not like the, the ones where you go and like at a festival where you wrestle yeah, somebody. Yeah. No, 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 not no, those. No, no, these are like Halloween costumes. That, okay, I think they have like a little mini fan in them that blows up the the suit. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I saw that at a recent half marathon. I saw, um, you know, there's uh, the guy who there's always some guy who's wearing like a head to toe like deer costume. <laughs> I haven't seen that. No, no. I got beat by when I first marathon. I got yeah. beat by that guy. <laughs> he passed me the last mile. I was like, what the heck? I think one of the other rules in here in this book, not in this fourteen types of runners, but one of the, who knows how many running rules there are. Two hundred. One is like, do not under any circumstances lose to a costumed runner like that. <laughs> like some, and and the co- the picture on the cover is somebody racing against a guy with a huge lion mask on. Oh, that's and he's hilarious. racing to the finish line to beat him. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's I don't know why this is. It never really appealed to me that the the wacky guy, the person who the person who's intentionally making it harder. I guess what I don't like about it. Here's another one that I don't like. I feel like they're insulting everyone else who's like people who are out there really trying to mm-hmm. run a good race, and you've got this guy who's running backwards and juggling the entire time. Yeah, I don't. I just it kind of met. What I love about marathons is the that feel good stuff of the people who are like. It's the, it's the first time I've ever done something like this. Not just a marathon, but the first time I've ever done something like just this big, and they worked this hard for it. And it's it's you know that that achievement. That's why the Spirit of the Marathon is such a good movie. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I feel like Wacky Guy kind of kind of messes with that a little bit. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But nothing against Wacky Guy. It's all right. Brings brings some fun. People like it. And last one is Joe Average, which uh, Mark doesn't have much to say about. No distinguishing characteristics. <laughs> None. <laughs> right. Uh, but almost certainly dangerous, he says. Oh. Yeah, which is which is probably ninety percent of your runners are Joe Average, and the other ten percent can be divided into these fourteen types. So, which type are you? You're the ultra guy. I guess so. I don't know if you're lean tan to the nth degree, though. No, I'm not. You I... are somewhat quiet, hard as nails. <laughs> I think I'm the old timer at heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How about you? What I don't. Been? I've been a lot of them. Like I like when I was trying to qualify for Boston, I I wanted to be the speed freak, and I tried to act as much that way as I could. You know, did the stretches, did everything beforehand, was all about every minute, every second matters, and it did for, at that point for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wouldn't not compared to those guys, but but for my own time, it did. I like I said, I've been the matching guy. I've been the ultra guy, but only at like shorter races. I feel like. Yeah, you know, know, I think that probably there are definitely people who are that guy every time but most of us have a little <laughs> right. bit of all those guys which is why it's funny right and which i hope is why it's okay for me to say that i hate these people because i don't really hate any of these people and i've been a lot of these people um but yeah mm-hmm. i hope people get the idea there yeah absolutely <laughs> and we don't lose a bunch of listeners because <laughs> anyway anyway before we piss anybody else off let's take a listener question but first let's hear from our sponsor kalo this episode of nomad athlete radio is brought to you by kalo the Kalo Silicone Ring is the functional wedding ring for the active lifestyle. Made from hypoallergenic medical-grade silicone, Kalo rings are safe, durable, and comfortable enough for all of life's greatest adventures. In the gym, on the trail, at the job, and everywhere else. Kalo was founded in 2013 by Ted Baker and Casey Holiday, two married guys who got tired of taking off their metal rings every time they wanted to work out, surf, work with their hands, or enjoy the outdoors. Ted and Casey loved their wives and wanted to show their commitments all the time. So they came up with a solution to their problem, the durable, comfortable silicone ring. 
The Kalo community is full of elite CrossFitters, NFL quarterbacks, police officers, firefighters, triathletes, Olympians, and yes, that guy, the vegetarian super endurance athlete, who, just like Ted and KC, place the highest value on their commitments to all of life's greatest adventures. Kalo rings, Doug, start at only fifteen ninety nine. Wow. So go to Kalo.com, that's Q-A-L-O dot com, and use the promo code NOMEAT, all one word, at checkout to get 15% off your purchase. Kalo, we, we do. do. We do no meat. Right? <laughs> yeah, we do no meat, yeah. I like that. All right. <laughs> so, uh, let's get to our listener question. Do we have that ready to be pulled up, Doug? Of course. Hi, Matt. Uh, this is Scott from Maryland, and my question is about carbo-loading before uh, endurance events, thinking about marathons and ultra-marathons. What's your regimen look like, and what do you use, uh, what do you recommend in terms of whole foods? Um, I, I try to eat a really high-carb uh, diet the day before a race, but that I'm concerned that that involves a lot of you know white white rice, white sugar, that sort of thing. So I'm wondering if you have uh, recommendations for better, healthier, whole food alternatives that will still do the job. Thanks. All right. Thanks for your question, Scott. Uh, so, yes, carbo-loading is super important. It is not a myth. Uh, I don't care what fat burn people want to tell you. You have to carbo-load. Uh, Jason Fitzgerald, my friend from Strength Running, has uh, he does a lot more running actual research than I do, reads articles and things like that. And uh, articles from scholarly journals, I should say. I do actually read articles sometimes, <laughs> but usually they're Runner's World and whatever else. Um, but in in one study that he showed me, people I forget it was a British survey, and it was something like seventy percent of the runners at this marathon that they tested or surveyed. I don't know how they really did it, but I think they actually did blood tests of them. The test showed that they did not have enough glycogen in their bloodstream, uh, or at least not the optimal levels. And it wasn't because they weren't physically able to store that much glycogen it was just that they didn't top off the tank so to speak before they started the race uh so what jason recommends and what i've kind of ad adopted as my own strategy is starting with the day before the race to start i mean you could even do two days before it. i think one day is plenty though um start adding liquids that that contain sugar around your meals and really just throughout the day uh it's a very easy way to to start taking in more carbohydrate in a way that you know, you, people you, we don't usually recommend liquids that you take in calories in liquid form because it's dangerous. You can, I mean, not really dangerous, but you can take in too many calories that way. Um, but in this case, you actually want to do that without disrupting everything else. So it's a nice way to take in a bunch of carbohydrates, specifically sugar, without adding all this fiber or other bulk into your system. So when the person is drinking beer the night before race and joking that he's carb loading. He's not really. <laughs> He's so what what drinks do you recommend? <laughs> um, so fruit juice, I think, is is wonderful for that sort of thing. Yep. I mean, I think it's the most as natural as you can get. Jason recommends Gatorade uh, or any kind of sports drink, and that that works too. But it's not uh, not as natural, I think, as you were looking for, Scott. Uh, one thing I will add is that I tend not to worry that much when it's actually around race day. I don't really worry that much about is this a natural, long term, healthy thing to be doing because if you race three or four times a year, or even 10 times a year, I don't think there's really any uh, significant impact on your health by taking in more processed food during that time. I think during those periods, I would tend to focus more on performance and do what it's going to take to get to perform your best, uh, even if that's not the most natural thing, uh, assuming it's not something that is actually dangerous, but I think that goes without saying. 
So, uh, you know, just fruit juice is a good one throughout the day, the day before, just kind of add it in different places. I would, I wouldn't say eat whole fruits all day long. I just think you're, you're kind of messing with a lot of factors suddenly when you start doing that, unless you've trained yourself to eat that way all the time, like fruitarian types have, uh, then you could do that. But really, I think, I think adding liquids is a good thing. I don't, if food's going to take 10, 12 hours sometimes to reach your bloodstream. So if you're eating, a lot of people will eat this big pasta loading or pasta carbo loading dinner at, I don't know, 8 p.m. And I feel like that's kind of cutting it close to when that's going to be available for you. Uh, it's also not going to help your sleep very much. So I think you should be going big at around lunchtime the day before the race, maybe something like 2, 3 p.m. Eat your big meal then, then you can still sip on sports drinks or, or fruit juice or whatever later on, but you kind of lighten, at least I'd like to have a lighter meal at the end of the day before bedtime. Helps me sleep a little bit better. And then, I mean, you're still carbolating in the morning, but realize again, because of the amount of time it takes for, for food, specifically solid food to get into your bloodstream, that a lot of what people think they are doing for themselves in the morning, a few hours before the race, doesn't really probably help them very much. It probably only hurts them by adding weight to their stomach uh, and potentially causing digestive issues. So I really recently in the past two, three years started to shift much more towards liquids. Um, things, I mean, fruit is good because it's, it's fairly quickly digesting. Dates are great again because they just go very quickly into your bloodstream. We mention that all the time. Uh, but I think that sort of thing is much better than a bagel or anything that's going to just take longer. But in the case of a bagel or those starchier carbohydrates, I, I know this isn't exactly what you want to hear, Scott, but the white bagel, I think, in that case is better than the whole wheat one simply because there is less fiber uh, for the exact reason that you don't eat that stuff normally, that it, it gets processed too easily, too quickly by your body, uh, whereas usually you want your body to have to actually work to break down stuff. In this case, you don't. You want your body to do the least work possible so that that work cannot be spent on digestion but just on racing. So in that case, I'll, I would go for the for the white bagel if I was going to be eating a bagel, but I would probably stay away from that. I would lean more towards fruits and fruit juices. Uh, and finally, the last thing I'll say is make sure you've tested all of this stuff before. Use your long runs in training as rehearsals, not just the training, the getting the distance in, but use them as a chance to try out your nutrition strategy and keep refining it. And don't just do the same thing all 18 weeks of your schedule either. Try to make like intentionally, once you've found something that works, I think it's useful to try to deviate from that and test something and see if this improvement might help, but uh, often it won't. But, you know, usually there's not too much cost to that if it's a training run. So hopefully that uh, answers your question. Doug, you do, you have a, do you have a meal for that final big meal around lunchtime or early afternoon? Do you have a favorite go-to meal? I have one that I eat often. Uh, it's not really that it is any amazing performance thing. It's just one that I kind of, it started to become a tradition almost. Uh, there's a recipe in my book. There's one on the site too. It's for a pasta dish with pesto and green beans and potatoes. And I think I add sometimes add beans to it. But pasta and potatoes aren't usually, in an American pasta dish, don't usually go together. We don't think of starch and starch as being a good combination. Uh, but because of that, it is super high in carbohydrates. So I don't know. I, I've always done it around lunchtime. If I'm making a meal at home for myself, uh, I'll do that. It's a pasta. So the recipe on nomadathlete.com, if you search for I don't know, pesto, potatoes, green beans, no meat athlete, you'll find this one. <laughs> uh, but that has cheese in it because it was from when I was vegetarian, not vegan. In my book, there is a fully vegan version of it. Uh, so that, that's one of my favorites, but not. there's nothing magical about that meal. It's just sort of a comforting, you know, confidence boosty thing. What about you? Sweet potato burritos. Sweet potato burritos, huh? 
Yeah, just some vegetables and sweet potatoes and greens. Where do you get that? I, I make it. <laughs> you make it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I made sweet potato. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. Yeah. But but like you, I think I've had, I've shifted recently away from the idea that I need a big, carbo loaded dinner right before bed. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and have that meal um, around lunchtime or early afternoon. What well, do you do? The, do you do beer the day before race? Yeah. Now yeah. and nowadays, I kind of usually do. I usually do one. Yeah, not a lot, but and I don't think that's for performance stuff, but just no, relaxes you, relaxes me, gets cuts the nerves a little bit. <laughs> I, I before my first marathon, I didn't drink for an entire month. Before, I did something really similar when I was in the in the BQ phase of my life. Mm-hmm. I went three months before a race without without yeah. drinking. Didn't help at all. Didn't no, do anything. Didn't do anything. <laughs> After that, I, then I said, never again am I doing something like that. <laughs> All right, good enough. Thank you for your question, Scott. Uh, Thank you, Kayla, for your sponsorship. And thank you, listeners, for your listenership. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.